Welcome, everybody. This is Len Foley, and I'm here with David Wolf, and we are going to be discussing how to rejuvenate our cells. So today is about cell health. Basically, cells build up our body. We have trillions and trillions of cells that are inside our body, but very few people understand, first of all, what a cell is, and second of all, how do we actually connect with our cells? How do we improve and increase the vitality of our cells? Because the health of our body really does come down to the health of our cells, both in how much nutrition the cell is able to absorb, but also how much energy our cell is able to give out. So we're going to start this series off today with David, and I'm going to ask him about cellular health. And David, welcome to the call. It's great to have you today you. from the jungles of Hawaii. It's wonderful. It's so beautiful here. Today has been an extraordinary day. I very rarely had you describe Hawaii where you live. We haven't said that even the day when it rains. It's usually pretty extraordinary because he has noni growing right outside his door. I stayed there a few times. Some of the most incredible cacao plants that are now, I believe, are they starting to uh, get a little bit higher than your waist at this time? Oh, no, they're, they're above your head. And just for those folks who are on the call right now, I do want to say that we did an experiment here that was really interesting, and that is I started putting vanillas into our cacao trees. Our particular microclimate where we are has great orchid growing potential, probably some of the best in the world, and, uh, and it was a success. The cacao and the vanilla do grow together beautifully, and now we've got overhead trees with fruits in them with vanillas growing in them. This isn't your home. This is basically your private laboratory where you happen to have a little bed. <laughs> so you, we're very lucky to hear a lot of these amazing revelations that you discover on a daily basis almost, some of the foods that you're growing in, in conjunction with other foods. So Dave, what are some of the things you're beginning to glean right now about cell health in regards to food and some of the things that we can do right now to improve the health of our cells so our body starts to experience more and more vitality? It's such a great question that comes up right now because I just had Nassim Haramein over at the house. He's one of the leading physicists in the world, and we were talking about the infinite mechanics of every single cell in the human body. There are literally millions of replications of cells happening across your whole body right now, and there are dozens and dozens and dozens of different things that each little element of the cell does, including the nucleus and the mitochondria and all those little fabrics that are in there that make the cell work. So the cell is infinitely intelligent, and it knows exactly what to do from the inside. But hopefully, if everything's going well, as we take ourselves as, a, as an estate of all these great cells, we've got to actually work from the outside to make the cell's job on the inside easy. And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about the waters on the inside of the cell versus the environment outside the cell. And, and that's really the crux of cellular rejuvenation. How do we create an environment around every cell so that the cell just can do what it does best? And, and that is live and thrive and enjoy life. Well, the cell is an electrical living unit of our body, right? Right. And there's different numbers about this, Len. There's people who say there's a trillion cells in our body. There's people who say there's 10 trillion cells in our body. There's people who put numbers even higher than that. And that right there is a, just a completely baffling concept as to how many cells we're made up of. But, but we're, we are ultimately the summation of, this, of the health of our cells. And our consciousness is going to reflect that. And everything about us is going to reflect the health of each and every cell. So we always want to create 
an environment where the cells are happy. It seems like there's two components that we're talking about here. First is hydration, good water. And the second is what I just mentioned, electrical component, which is connecting our body to the ground as much as possible. Uh, that's number one for me for cellular health. And there's a number of reasons for that. Essentially, the negatively charged electricity that comes out of the earth is really no different than negatively charged hydrogen that's present in the biosphere. It's secreted by plants every day, and it's an energy. It's actually falling upwards out of the earth, this, this, this gas, this hydrogen gas, negatively charged hydrogen. And if you look at that word hydrogen, hydrogen, it's a generator of water, hydrogen. And if you are just breathing in the atmosphere and you're, you're barefoot on the earth, you're actually forming some dew water in your body at all times. So uh, even more important than drinking water is being grounded because if we're not electrically connected to the earth, then we're cut off from that free electrical source. And then we're also cut off from perhaps negatively charged hydrogen, which reacts with oxygen that we're breathing to form water. So Dave, what is your recommendation? as far as how much a person should be grounded, and is there some kind of a cell program that we can get on that is in conjunction with a grounding program to kind of bring both of those together? Because I know there's a lot of confusion, like should I be grounded a half hour a day, 20 minutes a day, the whole day? <laughs> what, is the, what is your recommendation? And can you talk a bit about the, what the effect, the almost instant effect, sometimes it takes upwards of uh, 15 to 20 minutes, but what happens in our cells when we're grounded in the moment we start and then as it progressively, we stay more grounded longer? Okay, well, there's a number of aspects to that question. Let's, let's tackle the first bit, which is how much should you be grounded? Well, of course, that's the question that I've asked Clint Ober, the developer of this grounding technology and all the grounding revolution. You know, I've asked him that question over and over. And, and finally, I got it out of him of what really is needed. And it's at least 12 hours a day. When you're grounded more than 12 hours out of the day, you can affect some major changes in your overall body electrics. And of course, there's instant effects. When you jump into the ocean, when you walk barefoot, when you touch a tree, there's an instantaneous effect. And, and that's what we've seen under the microscope at, at several of our events, Len, is your blood is electrically charged pretty much instantly the moment that you touch the ground barefoot, for example, or walk out into the rain. And that, that, Electricity is noted by the separation and the charge on the red blood cells. And your, your entire vein and artery system is all electrical. They're electric. It's all electrically conductive. Your lymphatic system is electrically conductive. Your nervous system, of course, is electrically conductive. And every system in your body works better and is better when you're grounded. Now, then we go to the second thing, which is, okay, we have a, a, an unnatural situation that we're living in. You know, I'm in a, a house right now. I'm up on the second floor, and I've had to do some interesting things to this house in order to make it right. One of them is I have four grounding devices in my room, and those are the grounding devices that are made available through longevitywarehouse.com. They are the desk pad. I've got my bed pad. I've got kind of kind of an old. I don't know if you remember these, Len, but the ones that are like little pet beds. Yeah, they don't sell those anymore, but I, I got three of them myself. And I don't actually use them for pets. I just like to lay around on them myself. They were, they were an amazing invention. but They're great. I, I have one right here. And then I also have a grounded yoga mat that Clint Ober made for me, so I really appreciate him for that and everything else that he's done. 
And through all that, I've got all this grounding energy around me. If I walk across my room, I touch the ground. So I'm able to sleep grounded and be grounded when I'm working. And they catch me my 12 hours a day. And I'm also barefoot in the yard as much as possible. Um, I've had to do some interesting things in this house. And that is I had to electrically ground the metal roof on this house, which was so interesting because when the electrician came out and I told him and schematically laid out for him what I wanted to be done, he, he asked me, how come everybody else isn't doing this? And I said, that's a great question. I don't know, but we're doing it. So we, we grounded the roof and that has had a profound effect on the comfort of the upstairs. And if we are walking around in shoes, we are becoming positively charged like the atmosphere is the same kind of phenomenon. So we always want to ground any conductive material, maybe a roof or something like that. Of course, we turn that off when it's lightning outside. And then we also want to ground ourselves at all times. And when we do all that, we have that grounding field around us. You feel a, it's a well-being. It's a, it's a feeling of comfort. And that's what we want ourselves to experience. You know, there's something I want to mention about this as well, because a lot of times we hear people say, well, you know, why do you keep talking about grounding so much? We, we get it. And I've hung out with Clint Ober probably as much as, you know, his spouse has in the last uh, the last few years. And I, I tell you, there's so many things I've learned about grounding. And yeah, of course, I sleep grounded. I have a grounded mat I'm touching right now at my desk. I'm grounding all over my house. But there's so many things about this particular technology that is still to me a mystery. And, you know, I very rarely experience any pain in my body. But about a week ago, I slept weird and I woke up with a kink on my neck and it was killing me. And I, you know, had my wife massage it a little bit and nothing seemed to work. And then I was mentioning to Clint, he said, well, why don't you just take a grounding, take either your grounding mat or get a grounded patch, which we have these little grounded patches and just stick it right on the spot. And I said, well, why would I want to do that? I'm already grounded. And this is really fascinating to me. He said, wherever this, wherever your body is being grounded, so for instance, your feet, the electrons have to work their way up your legs to get to the spot in your shoulder in order for the electrons to fill that particular area and to you know reduce the inflammation. And I thought that was really interesting. And he goes, the inflammation is what's causing the pain right now in your neck. It's not the fact that you slept weird. It's you've done something that's creating some pressure there that's creating inflammation. And if you can reduce the inflammation, which is what grounding does specifically, it's like throwing water, cold water on a hot flame that's why there's pain reduction because it's reducing inflammation. He goes, your your pain will eliminate within probably 15 or 20 minutes. I said, well, I find that hard to believe. I've been experiencing excruciating pain all morning, but I tried it and I just took my, my desk mat. And I just put it on the spot and within about 20 minutes, I didn't even notice it anymore. And then I had to realize like, oh my gosh, I don't have any pain there. And then he said, if you take that and you shrink that size down, meaning using a patch and put it on this specific spot, it'll happen even quicker. Now at the longevity now conference, we do use, and the first one we did when we grounded all, I think it was about 800 people in the room, we used patches for each person and we had them put them on their individual spot. But Clint said that is probably the best technology out of everything he teaches, that if he had to take one thing, he would take the patch with him. Clint Ober is grounded almost every second you see him. He's either wearing grounded shoes, no shoes, or he's connected to something grounded. And the reason why is because he's been doing it longer than all of us, 11 years, and he knows the health benefits over the long haul and why it's so beneficial. It's a good distinction. It's very important to actually take action. And, and I think one of the reasons why we do these interviews and calls is to further people's drive to action, to keep the inspiration high and keep going, because we're learning a lot as we go, and we just want to share it with everybody. And uh, it's great to just be able to pass it along and pay it forward. 
to all the folks out there as inspiration. Now, let's talk about, a little bit about water and cellular regeneration, Glenn, because this is an area where we're getting a lot more information recently. And one of the things I get more than anything else out there is what about the Kangen water machine? And just for the record, I am against ionizer machines, and I am not into alkaline water. Um, I can give you many different examples of alkaline water that's totally toxic. And I can also give you many examples of acidic water that's also totally toxic. I can give you great examples of acidic water that's wonderful for you, and even a few examples of alkaline water that's good for you. Generally, we want the water to be acidic. That's how nature puts out its cold springs, its cold water coming out of the earth is actually somewhere between a 5.8 and a 7.2 pH usually. And of course, above 7 would be considered alkaline. Below 7 is considered acidic. And you want that because that's the hydrogen. And this is what I like to do is I like to drink a lot of spring water. And then over the years, I've gotten into making teas and living on teas as much as possible, which allows you to get a lot more water into your body. If you're a raw foodist, if you're a juicer, if you do a lot of blended stuff, you're going to have a lot of liquid in your body anyway, but there's no substitute for actual spring water. And I was talking with Nassim uh, a couple nights ago. It was last night or a couple nights ago. Anyway, he told me that he had confirmed the research on DNA and that the DNA is defined and surrounded by the highest quality water in your whole body, the most highly structured water in your whole body, and your DNA will hold out. But for years, if necessary, and be dehydrated, if it cannot get that, that quality water, and that moment you put that noble spring water into your body, boom, then at that second, your DNA is nourished and, and it feeds right in. This is at the very center of cellular metabolism. We have to have that very high-grade charged water that's natural, and that's spring water from the source as it's gushing out of the ground. And those of us who've done that, and been doing that and have had those experiences, we know that that's the best water ever. You feel it right away. The, the area around the cell is controlled by the sodium and potassium balance. So if we have been coming off of the conventional diets of America, Canada, Europe, wherever we're tuning in from Australia, then we're going to be heavily salted because salt is used as a preservative in almost everything. And that can change the quality of our cellular environment. So in the beginning, it's a good idea to get off all salts of all kinds and allow the bad salt to come out and flush out, drink lots of water, nature's solution to pollution is dilution. But eventually, we're going to have to turn it around and actually have some salt in our diet because we are a balance of water and salt. We get the toxic salt out by going on a low or no salt diet for a while, and then we gradually come back onto the right kind of salt, like sea salt. I really like Hawaiian sea salt. That's my favorite. Second would be New Zealand sea salt. That's what we should look for. And then when you come back onto the salt, you're in a different osmotic balance. But you have to have some sodium in order for your body to move nutrients in and out of cells. And sometimes that amount of sodium is more than what you think. I had an email come in last night from a woman who is a very good friend of mine and was having a lot of trouble getting up off a couch. Just couldn't get up and would get dizzy and spun out and was wondering what's going on. That's low blood pressure. That's the opposite side of high blood pressure. And sometimes that can happen just because we're low in salt. You just put a little bit of sea salt in water, you drink that, and you get your blood pressure back up to where it's supposed to be. And that, that's one of those symptoms that helps us know where our balance is, where we've had too little salt 
And of course, if we bloat up, then we've had too much. And if we have swelling, for example, at our ankles or under our eyes, then we know we've had too much salt. So there is a balance to these things. If we do it all right, then every cell will be charged. There'll be a lot of juice and particularly water that salt water in between all the cells and all the electricity and nutrients can move around freely, unobstructed in a happy environment. So let's talk a bit about how to find this water because I know you hear this question more than anything else. Well, I live in the city or where can I find a good spring? For those of us who don't really have springs accessible, which is a lot of people actually um, who do live in cities, what do you recommend we do to find really good water? And um, as I'm sure you're going to say, I'm sure you've heard a lot, you know, is distilled water an option because it's the cleanest, quote unquote, cleanest? Well, there's many different options. There's water that can advance your consciousness. There's water that can hold you in the same consciousness. There's water that can actually degrade your consciousness. And water is the carrier of consciousness. I just want to put that out there. You know, in fact, when I was talking with Nassim, the physicist, the other day, and when we were going through this whole thing on water, he said water is the perfect metaphor for the energy that comes out of the vacuum, the way it flows, what it does, its tendency to vortex, and all of that. These are, by the way, things we want to be thinking about. Um, the natural hydrological cycle of the earth creates very highly ennobled water. That's part of the natural cycle. To imitate that is almost impossible. In fact, it is impossible in our present state of consciousness and technology. Um, there's a whole thing about the technological innovations that are coming that I can't even get into, Len. I mean, Nassim laid it bare before me. He's developed a device that actually generates power from nothing. And, and the energy that comes off of it purifies all water in the local environment purifies it. And he's tested that in his lab where he's taken water that was polluted, pushed it closer to the, that particular generator, and it purifies and, and burns up all the impurities or implodes them or gets rid of them. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that will come down the pipe later that we'll you know, learn a lot more about the nature of water and the fundamentals of pure water. If we're stuck, I recommend spring water in glass. And if you can spin it or vortex it anyway, even swinging it around in the bottle, that improves the water. If you're stuck beyond that, you're like, well, look, all we got is distilled water. It's the only thing I can trust. That's fine, but that's the most destructured water. It has the least amount of consciousness in it. Putting a little sea salt in it, putting it under the moon, spinning it, giving a little bit of lemon juice to it can make it accessible and useful. But again, it's not going to nourish our DNA with that ennobled substance of water. And by the way, that water that surrounds our DNA apparently, and I, I never knew this, Len, I've been studying water for years, I just found this out, apparently that water that surrounds our DNA is so dense that it actually will not freeze until minus 100 degrees. That's the research that I read. I, it blew my mind. I was never taught any of that, never saw that anywhere. But that's what that research states, because it's so highly structured, it cannot freeze. So let's talk about somebody who's on a limited budget. Would you recommend this scenario? Is it better? to drink, say, two eight-ounce glasses of the best water you can find and then supplementing your diet perhaps with fresh squeezed vegetable and, and fruit juices than it is to drink okay water but drink a ton of it? No, I, I always believe you don't need that much water, although in the beginning you might. I, I would take the first choice. I would always take the vegetable juices and all the hydrating raw foods, and then drink a little bit of water, say two eight-ounce glasses, then try to slug down a bunch of toxic water, definitely. There, there's a lot to be said for the hydration that comes from vegetable juices and fruit juices, I, but I don't emphasize that too much because people get hung up on that, and all of a sudden they're, they're coming to me saying, hey, I haven't even needed water for like two months. 
which is a dangerous situation to get into because I've seen people who got very dehydrated who were raw food people and, and weren't drinking water. So we do need water for its own sake, no question about it. Well, let me ask you this as well, because I see a lot of people get great water in amazing glass, maybe a dark glass that's you know impermeable to, wa- to to light, but then they pour it into a thermos or you know some kind of a stainless steel contraption or maybe a plastic uh, little jug, and they carry it around with them all day. What's the implication of doing that, and does that actually hurt the water? The metal ones give me the wrong vibe. I have to tell you honestly, Len, the, the metal the containers, because they're electrically conductive, so as soon as you put that charged water in there, if, if that thing's in your hand, that, that charge is going to run into your hand. It's going to lose its own charge, and because it's metal, it's attracting oxygen from the atmosphere to the metal, or it's attracting positive charge. So as you walk around with that metal container all day long, it, it's going to start killing that water. It, the, it's just that's you can't get around that. Now, plastic, like the Nalgene plastic, the really hard plastic, and I'm not a fan of Nalgene, and I'm not a fan of vivisection or animal experiments and stuff that Nalgene is involved in, but nevertheless, their type of of plastic is very good because it's an insulator. So as long as the plastic won't outgas, it's a great insulator. So you can hold it all day, and it doesn't conduct heat in, it doesn't conduct oxygen in electrically, so it's a better choice for, you know, storing stuff in. Those are some thoughts on that. I mean, we always want to do what, whatever's available to us. And as we start taking action, it's going to get easier. We'll find out more stuff and the right people will show up. And it, it just kind of happens automatically. 